Welcome everyone to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes and today we're going to be continuing through the book of James. But before we do, I want to remind you of something that this podcast is completely listener supported. And so if you, whatever uh, platform you're using to listen to the podcast, there should be a support the show button. But if there is not, you can go to buy me a coffee and search equipping the body or you can go through the direct link um, buymeacoffee.com forward slash s-t-a-r-n-e-s-b-r-a capital x and so you can find us on spotify and buzzsprout and google podcast and all of those should have a support button that you can go in a minimum uh, gift is five bucks and so it only costs 12 bucks a month to keep the podcast on the air but we are completely dependent on listener support so if you got an extra five bucks we'd really appreciate it uh, to stay on here and so anyways now going to the book of James once again James chapter 1 and what I've been doing uh, that I feel like has been helpful is I'm just on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights here at Cedar Shoals Baptist Church where I'm privileged to be the pastor. I've been going through the book of James verse by verse. And so what I've done to incorporate that into the podcast is I've been editing. Obviously, they're shorter. I mean, there's there's no way to, to just constantly preach sermons on this podcast, but I'm editing the sermons down to, you know, 15 to 20 minutes um, in a podcast format so that you can go through the book of James with us. May not always do it this way, but it seems to be fairly well working, or working fairly well rather, and so we're going to keep doing it this way. But anyways, James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And before I start the introduction, I just want to read these two verses and then dive right in. James chapter 1, verse 19 says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For, or you could say because, because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, or you could say it this way, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Once again, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So, we find an example of this in the Old Testament. Uh, in Exodus chapter 2, 11 through 15, we find a story about Moses, and I'll read that to you quickly. Now, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren, looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian, and he hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? 
So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. You see, Moses lost his temper. He had a reason to be angry. That, that's not what we're disputing. But he let his anger control him and lead him to wrath, which led him to murder, which is sin. And so James gives us a principle that Moses surely could have used, and that's this. The true believer must tame his temper. The true believer must tame his temper. Now, why do I say the true believer? Because James is writing to Christians, people who are saved. And then we have the second part in the title here that the big idea of the text. The true believer must tame his temper. Have you ever been angry when someone has wronged you or someone you love? Your anger may be justified. You know, the Bible says to be angry and sin not. And you may have a justifiable reason, but remember this. The Bible also teaches that revenge or vengeance belongs to God. It's God's job to pay back. Not ours. Not ours. So as true believers, we must tame our temper. And so James is writing again to the Jewish believers at the Jerusalem church about taming their temper. And if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to go to sleep repeating this in your head tonight. True believers must tame their temper. True believers must tame their temper. Now, when we say that, that begs two questions. How and why? Well, I believe the text, in a pretty orderly fashion, reveals how and why true believers must tame their temper. First of all, true believers must tame their temper by listening carefully. said, be swift to hear. Second, true believers must tame their temper by speaking slowly. He said, be swift to hear, slow to speak. So there's how. And then finally, in verse 20, James gives us why. He says, finally, true believers must tame their temper because it leads to sin. When he said that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So let's go through these pretty simple sermon here. True believers must tame their temper by listening carefully. Verse 19. He says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Now, the phrase so then indicates he is connecting the statement with the previous one. And previously, he spoke of believers being called by God through the word of truth. So this tells us several things. First of all, he's speaking to Christians, saved people. Second of all, uh, those whom God brought forth by the word of truth. Second of all, he is connecting the idea of hearing back to the idea of the word of truth. So we must be swift to hear the word of God. Let me explain. As Christians, we must be constantly taking in God's word, whether by sermons, by personal reading, by personal study. It's the word of God that the Holy Spirit uses not only to call the lost to salvation, but to call the saved to sanctification. Let me say that again. It is the Word of God that the Holy Spirit uses not only to call the lost to salvation, but to call the saved to sanctification. God uses the Word to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. However, if we are not swift to hear, 
the word, then we cannot obey the word and allow it to work in us. Apart from those who don't read the Bible at all, let me speak to those of you that do. Do you rush through your Bible reading to check it off your list? Or do you slowly, prayerfully, and systematically work through the Scripture, meditating on every word, asking God to reveal truth to your heart, and then allowing that truth to have its way in your life? If not, then you're not being swift to hear. You know, as the old saying goes, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we talk. However, and that's preliminary, there's, an, there's another very practical application of this truth that I believe James also has in mind. And you say, well, I don't think he does. Well, whatever, but I, I really believe he does have this other piece of truth in mind, that when we engage in conversations and discussions with others, especially other believers, memories writing to believers, do we listen? How many arguments begin because we are not listening to the other person? How many husbands and wives have made this statement, you're not listening to me, or what I'm saying is, or will you just listen to me? So much conflict, especially in the church, could be avoided if we would simply listen to the other person or party. Now, that doesn't mean that they are right, nor does that mean that we must agree. However, it does mean that we give them an ear to their problem. In so doing, tensions are eased and agreements can be made. But see, what's really at the heart of the issue is the old sin of pride. We take pride in what we have to say, and though we may not admit it or even be conscious of it, we show that pride when we refuse to listen to someone else. This should not be for the child of God who is swift to hear the word of truth, for the Bible is full of wisdom in this matter. Let me give you an illustration from the book of Proverbs. And as I've said, James is sort of a New Testament version of Proverbs in that he offers godly wisdom and advice. Proverbs 10, 19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Sometimes we need to restrain our lips and use our ears. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. this is pretty rough right here. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. Peace, when he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. And I challenge you to apply that in your life. Be swift to hear the word of God, for in it you find life and wisdom, but also in personal matters, especially in the church and in your family. Listen to people carefully. Allow them the opportunity to speak their side. You may find that you've missed something, or you still may find that they are wrong. Now, there's right and wrong. It doesn't mean they're right. But it does ease tensions if you will give them an ear, if but for a moment. Not only do we see that true believers must tame their tempers by listening carefully, but also in verse 19, true believers must tame their tempers by speaking slowly. James writes, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The idea is that we must be slow to speak and slow to wrath. We must consider the entire situation, whatever it is, before we make a statement or pass judgment. I go back to the analogy of a husband and wife arguing. They begin to talk over each other. Or worse, in anger, the husband may turn to his wife and say something he really should not have said. How does this help? It doesn't. When we speak out of anger, we almost always make the situation worse. 
What could have been resolved easily is now turned into a full-blown argument. Moreover, we must be slow to wrath. Now, he's not suggesting that we never be angry. God was so angry at sin that he sent Jesus to die for it. God was so angry at what happened in the temple that Jesus flipped a table, made a whip, and tried to hit people with it. There's a time and a place to be angry. However, revenge is not our job. Unjustified anger is sin. And even if the anger is justified, when we take the law into our own hands or when we uh, go after people in a vengeful way, that's not justice. That's injustice. That is sin. And that's what Moses did going back to our former illustration. Moses had a government job. He, I mean, he was part of Pharaoh's uh, family, basically. He could have went and called the authorities. He could have commanded the, the Egyptian to stop and then reported him. He could have fired the Egyptian. But instead, he went from zero to 60 and just killed the guy because he couldn't control his temper, but rather his temper controlled him. Now, being the movie nerd that I am, I want to give this quote from Star Wars because it's perfect in this illustration. In the movie Star Wars, Anakin's standing before the Jedi Council, and Master Yoda says to him, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. We may want to take Master Yoda's advice and avoid anger that's unjustified that leads to suffering and sin. So the next time you're angry, I want you to slow down before you speak and ask yourself several questions. First of all, why am I angry? Second of all, is it even worth it? You know, some, some stuff's just not even worth it. Third of all, how can I handle this situation in a godly manner without losing my temper? If you do not tame your temper, it will tame you. And then finally we come to why. You know, that's a kid's favorite question, why. I tell my kids to do stuff all the time, and their first thing they respond to me is, why? Why this? Why that? Well, sometimes the people of God are no different. So in James chapter 1, verse 20, he gives us the why. True believers must tame their temper because it leads to sin. James writes, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God or does not lead to the righteousness of God. Our wrath, when unjustly exercised, exercised do not, does not produce anything but sin. Once again, go back to the illustration of Moses. He was right to be angry. However, when he crossed from anger to wrath and took matters into his own hands, he didn't produce righteousness, but he produced sin and he heard his own testimony because he decided to be the judge, jury, and executioner. That's not man's role. That's God's role. He killed an Egyptian in cold blood. It was in his wrath. Wrath leads to sin. Now, even though he was justified, it still led to sin because he took it too far. He allowed his anger to consume him. Now, what about Cain? Cain killed Abel in wrath. Now, you say, well, Cain didn't have a good reason. That's true. And, they, and, and Moses did, but the end result is the same. So watch this. Whether you have a good reason to be angry 
or no reason to be angry, the moment you go from anger to wrath, it doesn't matter. It's sin anyways. Moses was guilty of losing his temper, and so was Cain. And Moses could not come to the Lord and say, well, I had a justifiable reason. Because that doesn't matter. When you cross from anger to wrath, as I've put it. Now, suppose... uh, you get angry with me because the message convicted you of your sin. Well, that that's not a just reason to be angry. And truly, I'm not the author of the Bible anyways. I'm just the messenger. So to be angry in that situation is truly a sign of anger towards God. And I use that as a last example. We could give many examples, but it, it, the principle is clear. Even if you're justified in anger, you're never justified in revenge and wrath and and, and losing your temper. Let me give you a piece of advice. The next time you're angry about someone, pray about it first. Ask God to deal with the situation because that's his job. And if you can't control your temper, then I would caution you not to respond at all. Because it would be better not to respond at all than to respond in wrath and commit sin because the wrath of man does not lead to the righteousness of God. So in closing, as God's children, we're to be Christ-like. Now, this doesn't mean we're pacifists or that we can't defend ourselves. And it doesn't mean that we can't ever be angry. But what it does mean is that our anger must be uh, that if we don't control our anger, that's sinful. It does mean that we should listen before we speak, and it does mean that we should leave payback to God because that is his job. True believers must tame their temper by listening carefully, by speaking slowly, and because our tempers lead to sin. That is James' point in this text. And I hope you will take that to heart and consideration because a temper can ruin your testimony in the blink of an eye. And so I hope you will join us next time and also consider, if you're able, going to buymeacoffee.com and supporting Equipping the Body. Your, Your gift of five bucks literally keeps us on the air. Thank you so much and have a great day.